Dallas. Who do you think's on this show? Chelsea Grandma? Let's get the line right on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux Welcome, Rewinders, and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 158, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies we cover. And if you end up loving the show and want to see it thrive, you can become a reflux capacitor, making our time travel possible alongside our patrons, Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feelin' Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, Andy Lewis, and three other patrons as well. Thank you all so much for supporting us on Patreon. I am Francisco Ruiz, your captain of the pod, and sailing with me, as always, is your XO, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Paul, I am Captain Ruiz. Do you speak any English? I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Glad you speak right. American, XO. Who is rewinding with us for Rush Hour? This time we are joined by a return guest. He is an award-winning broadcaster, a Christian uncle, and one of the kings from Kings of Sports podcast. Welcome back aboard, Nate. Brother Nate Milton. Hey, welcome, Nate. Never touch a black man's podcast. That is one thing you do not do. (laughs) Ah, Beach Boys. (laughs) Uh, What's going on, guys? Good good to be back. So glad glad you're back. back. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you, and thank you, Paul, for introducing Brother Nate. Uh, looking forward to hearing uh, from all of us later, and also finding out how we each answer this movie's trivial question, which is, Jackie Chan was almost killed filming uh, the scene where he is almost crushed by the metal boxes, and he sort of parkours up them. Uh, they slammed together about a quarter of a second after his head was clear. So that's wow. really kind of close. Uh, so the trivial question, which we'll answer later... <laughs> Is have you ever narrowly escaped death or serious injury? Mm. So we'll, uh, we will each be answering that question as the show progresses. Uh, but for now, XO, here is your, our course for this episode. First, our roundtable discussion will consist of the trailer, synopsis, production details for the movie. Uh, and then we'll discuss the things we liked and disliked about Rush Hour. We'll follow that up with our final reign of classic, nostalgic, or tragic, and then come back to our own time with feedback and announcements. Got that, XO? Course laid in. Alice, are you... Wait, wait, were you ready? Wait, rewind when ready, Alex. Alert, alert. Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Detective James Carter loved his job until he got a partner. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Now, the fastest hands in the East Do it again. team up with the biggest mouth in the West. Which one of y'all kick me? Jackie Chan. Bitch boy. Chris Tucker. I will touch a black man's radio, boy. Rush Hour. Rated PG-13. <laughs> So, yes, it was Ray PG-13. I had forgotten that. Uh, but we had some other memories of Rush Hour. And when we put those all together, here is our memory mind melt synopsis of Rush Hour. A Chinese ambassador's daughter gets kidnapped by a generic but threatening crime syndicate in Rush Hour traffic and asks LAPD's hotshot to team up with their best guy. Chris Tucker babysits Jackie Chan and Bond over Chinese food before deciding to get back and search for clues. East teams up with West to rescue Sue Young, stop the syndicate led by the British boss, walk off into the sunset singing "Whoa," and set up two more movies. Feel the fish. <laughs> wow, that mostly seems. There's a couple things that are. Oh, okay. oh, well, as long as there's a couple things, okay. I think it says like the Chinese people hire Chris Tucker. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yes, that was the case. It was the FBI, kind of. Well, yeah, yeah. Those are the things we remembered about Rush Hour, but 
those memories lead to our predictions of the movie as well. Uh, so what did we predict Rush Hour would be? A, a classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's. Uh, for me, I thought Rush Hour would be a classic. How about you, Brother Nate? I'm predicting that Rush Hour is going to be nostalgic. I think okay. we remember it very fondly, but I don't know how, how, how well it's going to hold up. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. And how about you, Paul? It's actually been quite a while, several years since I've seen this, and I haven't had a real strong desire to. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I'm going to say nostalgic. Okay, nostalgic. All right, so two nostalgics and a classic. Let's see if those pan out later in the episode. But I'd rather talk about the technicals of the production. Paul, will you give us some of those, please? Sure. Rush Hour. It runs an hour and 20 minutes. It was released October 12th, 2018 in Mexico. It's a documentary directed by Lucana Kaplan and stars Nicole Monoski. That's all that's in that movie. It's just that one lady. There's a bunch of people in it, but they only list her. Paul, really I think weird. you got the wrong movie. It's Rush Hour. I, 1998's Rush Hour? Oh, no, 2018. Off by a couple decades. Whoops. Yeah. Hmm. Can you right. maybe get the right one? Okay, let's see. Uh, 1998, here we go. Rush Hour is rated PG-13, runs an hour 38 minutes, and was released September 18th, 1998 in theaters worldwide. That sounds a bit more right. It was directed by uh, hashtag MeToo Brett Ratner. What, too soon? And stars uh, Jackie Chan, uh, Chris Tucker, and a few people you may or may not recognize. Uh, yeah, some of the and some of these people that you may or may or not recognize have been in past movies we've covered on the podcast. Uh, for instance, Chris Tucker, uh, who played Agent Carter, of course, uh, was in, in Rush Hour. Also played Ruby Road in The Fifth Element, which we covered all the way back in episode fifteen, RetroRewindPodcast.com/slash fifteen. Philip Baker Hall, who portrayed uh, Captain Deal, as he was also the, a network executive in the Truman Show. I had forgotten that. Uh, that's slash ninety four, and the Chief Justice, uncredited, in The Rock, in slash ninety one. And finally, Elizabeth Pena, wh- who was Johnson in Rush Hour, uh, was also uh, Marissa Estelva. Es- Estevel, jeez. Oh, <laughs> What movie was she in? <laughs> she was in Barry's Not Included slash nine. All right. Yeah. And she's not related to Michael Pena, by the way. Yeah. And she's also passed away, you said, right, Paul? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but uh, those were those were the people in past episodes. How did this movie do at the box office, though, uh, Paul? Oh, I'm glad you asked. The budget of this film was about $33 million and went on to gross almost $250 million. Ooh. Well done, Rush Hour. Okay. (laughs) So, of all the action martial arts movies that are released in the theaters from 1980 to present, there's 173. For the box office in the U.S., where do you think this movie, Rush Hour, the first one, comes in? Numbers 1 through 173. You you go first, Nate. My brother, Nate. I'm thinking this is probably going to be in the top 25 and I'd probably lean towards the the top end of that spectrum. So I'm going to say this was number 11. All right. Oh man. Um, I'm gonna, I think I definitely think it's good. I don't think it's that good though. So I'm going to say 20. Mm. All right. Oh, and well, Dale's Brother Nate wins <sighs> because uh, oh, oh, Dale also says twenty. Yeah. Online, so, sorry, uh, because then the answer is actually number three. What? <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen to this. This is Russia. for action comedy. You said martial arts action. Martial arts action. Okay. For number. Th- oh my gosh! Three. Number one, Rush Hour two. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, Rush The Karate three. Kid. Oh. <laughs> Number three is Rush Hour. Number four, Rush Hour 3. <laughs> what? How Crushing is that? Tiger, Hidden Dragons, like number six. The you Matrix know, it, isn't up there? I wonder if The Matrix is even... That number two, was that the original Karate Kid or the Jackie Chan Karate Kid? Oh, oh that's a good question. Yes, it is. This says... Hold on, I think it's the number. It's the Jack. It's the Jackie Chan one. Oh darn it! 
The, the original Karate Kid comes in at number nine. Man, geez. So that's why they're probably making a Rush Hour 4. Oh, are they finally making one? Well, that's been the rumor. Yeah. I don't know. It's greenlit, I, I heard, but I don't know if wow. they started filming or anything like that. Wow. Well, obviously, there's a lot to like about Rush Hour with that yeah. impressive a resume. Yeah. Uh but you know what? Let's talk about. Let's get closer to home and talk about the things we liked about Rush Hour. And let's start with our guest, brother Nate. What's one thing you liked about this film? The thing I liked about this, the first thing I liked about this film is the fight choreography. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. I, it was almost my my classic maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought that there were a lot of really cool, intricate fight scenes and. You know, you talk about the scene where Jackie Chan almost uh, was no longer with us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just the the practical effects. And, and uh, you know, in I think one of my favorite scenes was probably when they go to the restaurant looking for Gentile. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really creative. And, and I thought that, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of great, creative, fun martial arts movies like this even now. And so seeing something like this back in, in 98 and rewatching it again this week, I was like, that's that's really creative and I, and I like it a lot. Yeah, that was something I really appreciate about this movie too. And it was very, I mean, certainly back in the day, it was like, wow, I, I haven't seen really action movies like this with all this martial arts in it that I can recall with this level. Uh, mm-hmm. And certainly even today i feel like it it holds up it's, it's yeah. all it's very interesting and it, none of it's i think the way jackie chan especially uses the space around him and the elements in the set i think that's really unique it's not just his 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 uh martial arts in particular it's how he uses that in the context of everything he does uh paul was the martial arts something that you really appreciate about the movie Definitely. One of uh, my likes I listed, I put uh, stunts, especially mm-hmm. by Jackie Chan. Like you said, it's it's practical and those really do hold up. And, yeah. and it's been a while since I've seen the kind of level of stunts, uh, practical stunts uh, in modern movies. I mean, back, you know, in the 90s, I would go to Jackie Chan movies just for that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as he's older, he's doing less, you know, but uh, sure. someone needs to step up, people. Come on, put your life in danger. Get your head squished by some crates or whatever. Oh, <laughs> Fall 500 feet. We want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, Jet Li is kind of a contemporary to Jackie Chan. I can't think of another uh, yeah. actor that's really doing a lot of. Well, Keanu Reeves, I'd say, is sort of at that level. Not, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Not, not at that level. Not at that that's level. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That, I'm sorry. Jackie, uh, Keanu he Reeves is more practical. like, he, he does his practical. I think he's focused more on just, yeah, the martial, the martial and art itself and, and yeah. that in the context of guns. But, yeah, not not, not sort of the, the dance, so to speak. Well, that's the thing. We're not, well, we, Hollywood is not really making martial arts movies anymore. That's right. true. So incorporating martial arts into other genres, but we're not Uh-oh. getting straight up kung fu movies like we used to back in the day. Good you know point. what this means? We need to bring back Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Not the CGI yeah. stuff, but like the practical. I want Ernie Reyes in a phone costume. Yes. <laughs> That's the way to go. Let's go back to Brother Nate. What's something else you like? Uh, the second thing that I liked about this movie was Chris Tucker. Yes. Mm, yeah. We are following line by line. <laughs> right like, especially, uh, I like his introductory scene. Yes. I thought that really established the character. Oh, let totally. you know who he was. I was in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just, I, it It was really, uh, you know, we got to see a lot more depth than I, than I remembered in this yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think when we get to Rush Hour 2 and 3, he's more playing a caricature of yes. this. Oh, this I think, yeah, I could see that. Yes. But in this movie, I, I enjoyed the way he kind of balanced the comedy with the action. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. The second thing I liked about this movie. Awesome. Paul, it sounds like that was the second thing you liked as well. Yeah. Um, I usually don't like loud mouth, obnoxious characters. <laughs> but Chris Tucker, the way he 
played the, that in this role is like, you know what? I'd like to hang around this guy. Oh, totally, yeah. It's so interesting and entertaining and, and oh, yeah. And it's like, man, maybe I need to step it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's uh, it's not only he's he doesn't only do the loud talking. I think that's a lot of it. Right. But he has a very dynamic range. Sometimes he's quiet and solemn and other and serious. But I think that just makes when he is loud and obnoxious that makes it all the more humorous when he's like that. So. He's a competent detective in this one. Yes. Yeah. Which oh, I totally. Think as, you know, we go to the sequels. He gets less and less competent at his job. So yeah. I, I yeah. like that in the first one. Yeah, totally. Like he's like looking for clues and uh, uh, hustling with uh, with his informants and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Give me one of those maps for five dollars. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a prescription for this? <laughs> Single weed. <laughs> Single weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, I'm going to change things up a bit. And, Whoa! And I, I love Chris Tucker. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. not dissing that. But I actually, I appreciated uh, Sue Young and the actress who played her. I thought oh. she was cute, and I like how I really liked how she was able to defend herself. Uh, I mean, they caught her ultimately, but she like gave it her all, like kicking and screaming and slashing with her necklace, do- doing what she could. And I felt like that was earned because they set it up that um, Jackie oh, Chan's character, him. Lee, had yeah. been, yeah, well, she punched him, but that she he had been, uh, he said she is her his best student or something like that. So I thought I really appreciated that. Um, that it, I, I like that she didn't get away ultimately because in that situation the kid's not going to be able to get away. So that has realism, but also she didn't just like roll over and let them take her and like just throw a tantrum. She was actually like in it to to survive. So I I really like that in her character. Mm. So mm. Uh, now let's talk about what we liked most in the movie overall. Our classic makers, the things that make this movie worth watching. Uh, let's start with Paul this time. When you walk by every night, talking kind of. Anyway, you were talking about the girl, so it reminded me of that. You it know what? Okay, car. well, now they brought that up. A little sidetrack. I when I first watched this movie, I wasn't a parent. I wasn't even married. That annoyed me so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, you. Oh really? You, I think it's cute. Uh, <laughs> little teeny boppers singing the song, but now that I have a daughter. I I kind of get it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of cute, and oh, I could see why that. Growth. <laughs> <laughs> so the the number one thing that I like most about Rush Hour is the the comedy, mm. and not only is it just by uh, Chris Tucker who who definitely brings it, but also Jackie Chan. He brings and he has a, a comedic timing that oh, how yeah. he reacts. Um, not only in in words, but in in his uh, fight sequences, and the combo of both of their comedies together is just gold. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about you, brother Nate? What's the classic maker for yourself? Uh, the classic maker, and, and I might go on a, on a on a uh, little bit of a rant here. So okay. we'll have rants in back to back episodes of the podcast. Let me buckle up. Yeah. Get ready for rush hour. Here we go. <laughs> it's Jackie Chan. Uh, okay. Uh, Jackie Chan to me is the man. somebody that I think is underrated. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, so a, he gets a lot of attention, but he doesn't get enough attention. Is <laughs> yeah, what you're see, saying. Jackie Chan gets he gets attention. He's famous. Yes, but I don't think we, and when I say we, I mean Americans, look at him as this action movie star. That you know he's not Sylvester Stallone, oh, Arnold okay. Schwarzenegger. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. And we don't put Jackie on that level, but. To me, like we don't even put Jackie on the level of Bruce Lee, and I love Bruce Lee. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, no, 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 no. Now, come on, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Bruce Lee. I think move for move, Bruce Lee is the greatest martial yeah, arts film actor ever. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no competition there. But, but Jack, to me, Jackie Chan has a level that Bruce Lee didn't have. And yes. that's the comedy. That's the likability. Yeah. Charm. Yeah. And I think we overlook that just because Jackie doesn't look like Bruce Lee. He doesn't look like Jet Lee. He's not this prototypical movie star. Yeah. That's and a good point. So yeah. Watching Jackie in this movie, it was just so good. Like the whole introduction where we see him on the boat 
yes. was a good scene. Yeah. Uh, the first time he meets Chris Tucker, where he doesn't say a word for like, <laughs> like the next 10 minutes. And then finally he's like, I'm a police officer. And we get the ridiculous gong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To seal the joke. Yes. It's like Jackie has such good timing, not just with the stunts, mm-hmm. but with the with the comedy and, and the rhythm of that as well. So totally. I don't think you can make this movie with with any other martial artist yeah oh no i don't you know you can't put as much as i like jet lee you can't put jet lee in this movie or, yeah. or samuel hung in this movie um it doesn't work uh steven seagal jean-claude van damme <laughs> yeah it no. doesn't work without jackie chan yeah 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 I, I i feel like the heart that jackie chan brings to this is way yeah. far and above any of them i can't the scene when he when he's uh when they go visit clyde and he holds up the picture yeah i don't care about you i don't care about him i just care about, care about the girl. Yeah, Jackie has acted in that scene. So to me, Jackie Chan is my classic maker. Awesome, and and something that I uh, reading IMDb trivia, I may be getting this a little bit wrong, but it's uh, from what I understand, Brett uh, Jackie Chan wanted to be dubbed and had been used to being dubbed in his movies up until this point, but Brett Ratner really wanted him to have his have it be Jackie Chan's voice to have that authenticity, and I I love it. I mean, as as broken as his English is, and it's not really that bad in this movie. I think yeah. it just makes it even better. So I'm glad they went with that as opposed to trying to dub him over. Um, my classic maker though, guys, is <laughs> the combo of your guys's. I thought just yeah, the chemistry between Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, uh, it's just it's so good. I can't. There are so few movies where the the two leads work so well together. I can think of Back to the Future. I think Marion and Doc Brown work really well together. But I mean, A Lethal Weapon was another one that came to mind. But I feel like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker work even better than Mel, uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. No, yeah, yeah, Danny Glover. Yeah. No, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I'm. Don't worry. Second myself old. <laughs> for this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I just I I loved watching them on screen together play off each other. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'd be up for a rush hour four just to see them together again. Um, yeah. But anyway, okay. So obviously we had some high praises. Quick, the thing about oh, that, go ahead. Uh, uh, Francisco. Real quick, yeah. the thing that I love about it is they're able to make racial jokes, but because they're equals, it doesn't feel like you know one is putting the other down. Yeah, uh, totally. Really works in this. Movie. Oh, oh, absolutely, and it allows anyone from of any ethnicity to laugh at it because, yep. yeah, it's it's really beautiful in that way. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about before we get to the things that aren't so beautiful. Oh, darn it! Uh oh, here we go. I forgot Uh-oh. something else I like, guys, and that is strangers and aliens. If you're unfamiliar with Strangers and Aliens, it's a conversational podcast and blog that explores the relationship between God and man through the lens of speculative and imaginative fiction and explores this same fiction through the lens of God's relationship with men. Join Ben Avery, Dr. Jace O'Neill, and Steve McDonald, a trio of Christians who are both fans and creators of story, in their conversation about the intersection of faith and imagination. Find them at strangersandaliens.com. Yeah, that's great. Except, what does that have to do with Rush Hour, Francisco? Paul, come on, really? We have Jackie Chan, who is essentially an alien. Uh, uh, He's from a different country, and he comes to the United States. And him and him and uh, and uh, Carter's character—they're strangers. I mean, it's like it might as well. This podcast might as well be this movie. I mean, it's really that close. Except there's three of them, you said, in the podcast. Anyways, let's get to the... (laughs) (laughs) Let's, uh, you know, uh, don't question my methods, Paul. Instead, how about we answer the trivial question that we had for Rush Hour and to remind you what it was. Uh, We asked, have you ever narrowly escaped death or serious injury? And this, again, was based on Jackie Chan's near miss with those steel carts. I'll go first if you guys need more time to think. For me, I used to ride my bike, just a, a not a motorcycle, an actual bike, to and from uh, work. And one time I was going up a hill and uh, past uh, essentially a, a, a small shopping center, you know, not, not a mall, but just like lots of stores in one cluster. So I'm uh, going up this hill, and I'm coming right up to where there's uh, a place to go into the shopping center in the parking lot. And this car 
turns in and is gonna clip me and I think I I'm I'm like I see this happening and I just get really tense and I close my eyes as I'm writing and somehow I, I don't know if he just saw me last second or he he or she I don't know who, what uh, what the person's uh, gender was but last minute they just went away from me and so I didn't get hit nothing happened I was so thankful but I I knew I was like I'm sure within inches. At least it felt that way. So that was my near miss. Uh, how about you, Brother Nate? Oh, mine uh, occurred a long time ago. It's uh, I want to say around 01, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 02 maybe. 1901? Wow, you look good yeah. for over 100. No, he meant 01, the year after Jesus was born. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the time, I was in a band called Glowing Moses. Oh, okay. Uh, and you can still find whoa, whoa, some whoa. of our... That is an awesome band name. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, we were we were kind of like a Christian, gospel-y Dave Matthews kind of deal. Oh, okay. Nifty. Uh, you can still what check happened? out... You guys got too close to God or something? Okay. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was part of the, part of the hook. Yeah. Uh, and you can still see some of our stuff up on YouTube. But mm-hmm. uh, so we had a gig one night and I was driving back home and it, it had been a long day. Like mm-hmm. I had been up since six in the morning at my day job. And then we didn't. Uh, I think we were performing at a lock in. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, uh, so I didn't we didn't leave the lock in until, you know, after midnight. Yeah. And so I'm driving home and I fell asleep at a stoplight and then. Oh, no. I, this this is still a safe part. This is still a safe part. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I was sleeping at the stoplight. Woke up. Car behind me honked the horn. Woke me up. So I was like, okay, maybe to be safer, I should get off of the main roads and and go home by the back roads. So oh, driving down the back road, there's a school. Uh, matter of fact, it was the elementary school I went to when I grew when I was growing up, and they have a big oak tree. Okay. And so I'm driving. Eyes getting a little heavy. Yep. Next thing I know, I wake up and I I am slumped over. I look up, the car is hopped up on the curb, inches away from the oak tree. Oh, oh my gosh. The thing is, the way the car is turned, it's opposite the way I was slumped over. So oh, I don't weird. know how like Oh weird. I, don't know how I was able to maneuver the car. So I'm thinking it, it might not even been me. It might have been I might have had some uh, strangers and aliens in the car with me <laughs> to help turn it around, but yeah, I, I, I was like, okay, let me. I drove home very carefully and, and had the windows down, the music turned all the way up. Yeah, and uh, thankfully I made it home. Oh man, I'm glad you did too. Otherwise, yeah. who would be doing rush hour with us right now? Uh, what's Chris Tucker doing right now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Chris Tucker, tell me the three things you hated most about rush oh, hour. My God. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, how about you? Near near death experience. Is it near close? To, well, I'll tell you what. It's the close. It's the scaredest for my life I've ever been. Okay. okay? So, um, so I was a youth director, and uh, I was trying to find a place to go for a summer camp. Camp out, take the teenagers out in the woods. So I was researching a place campground. A little bit out past the La Crescenta area, Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's where and I used so, to live. That's why I mentioned it. Yes. And so um, I go there ahead of time and just to scout it out, make sure it's a good place and it seems okay. And I see these warning signs on here. It says, um, danger, watch out for uh, mountain lions and rattlesnakes. And I hate snakes <laughs> and I don't want to mess with mountain lions. And I don't want to be responsible for bringing a group of teenagers to mess with or meet them, you know. So I talked to the uh, the camp uh, rangers there, and I say, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in camping here. The grounds seem nice, but uh, what concerns me are the the mountain lions and uh, the rattlesnakes or any other dangerous predator animals out here." He's like, oh, no, that's during a different time of the season. And really, people see them maybe once a year. If that, this is the summer, they're more out during the springtime or whatever. It was a different time. 
So you have nothing to worry about with that. They're they're long gone. Nobody's seen any in months. So it should be more than fine. Well, you know that 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 relieved me. So we made the reservations. Got the parents to sign their kids' lives away in permission slips, saying, "Hey, it's okay. You know, it's what you do." Take the kids there. Uh, we're all there. You know, falling asleep the first night. I'm in the tent uh, with a couple guys and girls are in their tents. And, you know, there's, there's about four or five tents full of people and everything's good. Right. (laughs) Until I am in deep sleep and I am woken up by the heaviest bass I've heard of a sound breathing. And it shook the tent Because and then right next to my head, my head was right next to the tent wall. Yeah, I can hear this scraping and uh, of the tent and this. And it's like a big noise, like like and it vibrates the whole tent. And I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, no, this is how I die. And these kids are coming with me. (laughs) Turns out it was a bear. Oh so, gosh! And yeah, did you think it was a mountain lion before that? At first, I thought, <laughs> oh, it might be a mountain lion, but this seemed way too big and heavy to be a mountain lion. Jason like, this Voorhees. Is, this is way bigger than a big cat. I mean, Sasquatch was like, it, it's bigger than a Sasquatch. Like that's how it felt. <laughs> and you know, you can't see it. You just and this thing is inches away from my head. So it turns out. It was a bear. It was a bear. And you're like, okay, kids, don't go don't go out there. You know, the ones that are in, in the tent with me, because they're awake. Yeah. And it was like, don't go out there, and hopefully it'll go away. Well, it took 10 minutes or so for it to go away, and that was like... It, it got less terrifying the longer it took, so after <laughs> it went away, I went out to see, okay, assess the damage. How many kids did he eat? Or, you know... <laughs> How, how many limbs are there across the are they in their tents did they run away what the status is basically and the bear is down at another camp and it turns out it's a i talked to the the rangers later oh that's the tame they we have tame bears that come around looking for food they don't bother people i'm like okay hey why didn't you tell me because we have food in our tents. These kids all brought snacks that they're eating on. There's your first mistake. <laughs> you know, so that was definitely the closest to uh, the most feared I've ever been for my life. Wow. I'm glad you survived it, Paul. Yeah, I'm here today. You're here to what? I'm here today. Oh, okay. To talk about <laughs> Rush Hour because of that. That no, story leads me here. No one else is here today? feedback from our listeners about uh, Rush Hour. We go out to social media, ask, I should say Paul goes out to social media. He does an awesome job of that and says, hey, what do you remember about uh, the movies we cover? And here's what some of you had to say. Uh, first off, uh, Jordan McDaniel says, it's, it is easily Brett Ratner's best movie. Easily. <laughs> All right, fair. Um, I would agree with that. <laughs> Wardale White says, uh, Jackie Chan's speech to Chris Tucker about being full of it uh, Tom Wilkinson, Don Cheadle, uh, fun time in the theater. It's a little uh, something for you, uh, Dale. Because Don Cheadle is actually in Rush Hour 2. Oh. Ooh, that's okay, though. But Tom Wilkinson is. Yes, he is, he is in Rush Hour 1. Not in Rush Hour 2. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think, Don because, Cheadle, ooh, was you know he one of the... <laughs> I was thinking, was he one of the guys? Like, was he not well known back then? Like, is he like in the background, like in one of the crowds? Oh, scenes? you know what? I didn't think about that. I suppose that's possible, but I nope, I don't think so. Too. Okay, okay, fine. Paul. I'm gonna go with what you said. I didn't, right. I didn't research it. I just believe. You. All right. Uh, Celeste Morris says this was one. This was one that got watched so so many times. Love it. L.J. Lowry says, Rush Hour was good fun. Just got the trilogy in anticipation for this episode. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just researched Don Cheadle. He's not in Rush Hour 1. Okay. Uh, Chris Nitz says, The Outtakes, and also I remember really liking this movie. Uh, Dirty Steve 40 says, I love the East meets West vibe. Jackie and Chris are like peanut butter and jelly. Classic. I love the bad guys that says, Fight me like a man. 
especially when Chris Tucker says, wipe yourself off. You did. <laughs> and then uh, the Red Hood 87 says, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Nobody understands <laughs> the words that are coming out of your mouth. That's in two, right? Yeah, Not I think 30. that's in two. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but I will say that. Oh. oh, before you go ahead, I will say the the end, the outtakes at the end. I almost put that as as one as of your my, classic maker, or as yeah, wife. yeah. But I had to get rid of some of my likes. Unfortunately, that went by. Yeah. But they they are definitely so fun, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, uh, Jordan Wardale, Celeste, LJ, Chris Nitz, uh, Dirty Steve, and. Uh, the Red Hood for your feedback. I always like hearing what you guys remember about these movies and enjoying the nostalgia with us. Uh, but now we got to talk about things we don't like so much mm. that are dislikes of Rush Hour uh, and topping those off with our Tragic Makers. I'm going to go ahead and start things off. <sighs> and this is something that's always bothered me. Well, I think almost always, uh, at least since I've been more Since grown up born. and watching this oh, okay gosh, no <laughs> or before you're born always <sighs> sorry go ahead no duck. okay so the scene where they're outside the uh f- was it what's the name of the restaurant food chan or something the chinese restaurant yeah the, where where jun tao's uh yeah. base of operations is whatever it is um they're in the they're in the uh jackie chan's corvette and uh uh jackie chan our uh, Lee says, Tucker's what are we doing? Corvette. And Chris, yes. And then, is it actually his Corvette? Yeah, because you, you put your own stuff in the back. Yeah. I'm not a sky cap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, they're singing it out in his car, and he says, we're, we're, we're not just going to go in. That's how you get shot or something like that. And uh, Fu Chow. Thank you, Dale. Yes, the Fu Chow restaurant. And, and Jackie Chan... Uh, Lee does this move where he's like mm, falling asleep and he gets up out of the car and it's such an obvious blocking transition to get them to be outside the car to do the whole war sequence which is great <laughs> but it's he didn't look tired there was no setup for oh oh I'm tired oh all of a sudden oh I'm tired guys oh let me stretch to really show how tired I am <laughs> I never picked up on it's, that it's just I just thought hey the worst I mean, this the acting in this movie is great. That is not that is like poor acting. That's like well, I don't know if that's acting as much as it is a, a obvious plot. I don't know. Well, it bothered me, so right. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, let's Stretching, go, eh, Francisco. <laughs> let's go. To- <laughs> I was gonna say that, that dislike feels like a bit of a reach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the things that I didn't like only on this viewing, though, uh huh. I've, I've I've seen this several times. So one of the things that I noticed this time around watching it, I haven't noticed it, or at least it didn't bother me other times. The many times that I've seen this, which has been a while, um, why doesn't Chris Tucker join the FBI at the end? It's at a pay grade upgrade. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's his, more his of dream a, essentially. Stuck in L.A., it's more, you know, you know, gets a lot more travel time. And, you know, I I understand at the beginning, like, oh, he's loyal to L.A., you know, but he was at the beginning like, hey, I'm, I'm going up, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave this behind. And then at the end, it's like, ah, forget it. I like it here. But why? I'm not well, buying it. <laughs> maybe he felt betrayed by them so much that, oh, well, I don't want to work with these. If this is what the FBI is really like, I don't want to work with them. Yeah, but what uh, I know, but now being in the position as old and as experienced and mature as I am, I think he should go with the FBI. Yeah. All right, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> and and it, and it would have made the sequels feel a little bit more logical. Yeah, yes. yeah. In that he's an FBI agent, he can kind of have more yeah. leeway to go around. Exactly, exactly. Yep. That that makes sense. As opposed to why is this LA cop over here in uh, Las exactly. Vegas? <laughs> Why, why is this LAPD detective in Paris? It exactly. Exactly. <laughs> why is this New York cop in LA and Die Hard? doesn't make sense. Because his ex-wife was there and he's trying to get back to it with her. Well, there's always reasons. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You know, maybe you need to stretch to get out of the uh, car. There's always reasons. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Brother Nate, what's something you didn't like about Rush Hour? The thing that I disliked about this movie was the Detective Johnson subplot. Oh, really? Okay. 
felt to me it felt kind of tacked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Elizabeth Pena's a much better actress than the amount of work they gave her mm-hmm. yeah. in this movie. Uh, yeah. She feels kind of like, and this might be a weird comparison, mm-hmm. uh, she feels kind of like Linda Fiorentino from Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, like, wait. Yeah. Part of the story, mm-hmm. but she's just kind of there yeah. to, uh, you know, to uh, suffice the plot. Yeah. Right? yeah, like, yeah. She's just there to move things along. Like, I know who put this bomb here, Carter, <laughs> and I'll disappear for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> So I, basically, I just think they could have gave her more to do because I think the scenes that she does share with Chris Tucker, they have a pretty good chemistry that mm-hmm. isn't really explored upon in this in this film. Yeah, and I think I it, it would have made sense if her character continued on into the sequels, but she you obviously doesn't. Yeah, uh, I you know my my second dislike is is related to that and. And I, I mean, this is kind of this is a feature of a lot of movies, whether it be Speed or 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 this movie. But actually, no. Now that I think about it, it's in particular this movie because it seems like at the end when she's trying to cut the cord for the vest so that they can take the vest off too young, it seems like she's just guessing. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Uh, okay, this one, I'm like, <laughs> I know you're still training at Bomb Squad, but that seems like. Oh, well, just hopefully. I don't know. It seemed too too haphazard. To <laughs> I wish there was a bit more of like, well, I, I mean, this is like if if it was like similar to something she had just trained in. Like we saw her in that room train, and it was like yeah. a similar situation. Yeah. Oh, this is the chord you go for. Oh, well, okay, then you. It's okay. It's like and that. She could show the. Uh, was it the girl? Yeah, Sue Young. Yeah, she could just like, hey, look, see how this wire is thinner than all the rest. This is the one you want to go for. Yeah, but maybe they didn't want to say that because then people would blow themselves up when it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how you dismantle a bomb, people. Roses are red. You pick <laughs> one out of the blue. That's the way to do it. Okay, good to know. Good to know. What's something else you didn't like, Paul? Um, and this is where I'm going to lose people. So, um, it's been fun people. Uh, The rest (laughs) of my dislikes, you're probably not going to relate one uh, or if you do, then fine. But, um, the rest is personal. Uh, the second most thing I didn't like is, uh, the cussing as a person who doesn't cuss. It's really hard when a lot of the funny lines are, you want to say, but contain cuss words that you don't say. So it's kind of like, I like to let people talk who like to talk. It lets me find out how full of fish they really are. Could say crap. What the, what the hello did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. There's, there's yeah. a lot of it that I I understand it's it's uh I I understand, but I I wonder if it would be just as funny without it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. I don't, one of one of my favorite lines in the movie, though, I have to admit, Paul, is when Carter is getting the Chinese food, mm-hmm. and he's arguing with the guy in the last. Oh, you <laughs> a punk female yeah, dog? You a punk bee? No, you a punk bee? Like just the old man no cussing Chris Tucker is funny every time. It is. <laughs> true i i get that though paul that that definitely makes sense see that's what i'm talking about brother nate i can't do i can't reminisce without it being weird and and, and it's funny because when uh francisco brought up this was pg-13 hearing that actually kind of surprises me due to the amount of the language yeah though I, I think it helps that there's i can't think of hardly any blood in this movie if any and i mean no. wipe yourself off you're bleeding. Well, okay, there is a <laughs> very minuscule amount, but uh, even uh, yeah, I guess that was the trade-off. We'll we'll yeah. take the language for less visceral violence. Yeah, and there's no f bombs, so they didn't go that route. So that that gave them quota for more because that's how it works, right? It's all it's very there's a very firm calculus about how things are rated. Yeah, I think they use an abacus. To yeah. Well, guys, let's get to the things we dislike the most about Rush Hour, our tragic makers. And let's start with uh, Brother Nate. Mm, uh, there's a lot to like about this movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, but the thing that I disliked, and it didn't ruin the movie for me, but mm-hmm. it's the thing that I wish they would have worked on the most. And that is, like we mentioned, 
uh, earlier, the generic underdeveloped villains. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think yeah. um, Ken Lung uh, that played a uh, yes. Gentile kind of sort of the, the blonde Chinese guy. Yes. Yes. Miles from Lost and yes. Karnak from Inhumans. And yes. I think he wants us to remember one of those roles and forget the other. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but he's, he's also he's good, player. but they didn't really give him a lot to do. And, and yeah. I felt that they were just kind of there. Um, anybody could have been in those roles, mm-hmm. uh, just like random Asian bad guy number three. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I like the movie, but I like, I like, I like the movie, but the lack of a real villain, uh, oh. kind of like, I think like Rush Hour 3 is not better than this movie in any stretch, mm-hmm. but I love the old guy that, that ends up being spoiler alert, the old guy that ends up being Shai Shen. Mm. If you had that guy in this movie, I think this would have been. Much better. Yeah. I, I've only seen Rush Hour 3 once, so I don't really remember who you're talking about, but I'll, there's, I'll there's go like with a you. Mandarin Iron Man twist in the end where uh, okay. the Asian guy is not the villain, even though the villain's name sounds slightly Asian. What? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know what? My my tragic maker is related to that. And it's something that I still don't really understand. Is why did they blow up the cops in that one building that they're – it seems – isn't that where they're going to get details about where to drop off the money or something? Or am I remembering? No, they were just – they tracked it where the phone call came from. That's not where they were going to drop it off. Oh, but then I thought they said after that, now you know I'm serious. Right. But like – so they are – I guess they were expecting – that they would trace. Look, I guess they come by. If they happen to come by, we'll blow them up. Oh, okay. I guess maybe and it, it makes sense because he was on the phone with uh, Carter for a while. Yeah. Okay. And if TV and movies have taught us anything, if you're on the phone for over five minutes, they know exactly where you are <laughs> somehow. So, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I think he knew that they were chasing him. Okay. I, exactly. For for whatever reason, it seemed. I mean, I know it moved the movie where it needed to go. But for whatever reason, I think it may have just been this viewing. I was a little confused about why that exactly happened the way it did. So that's my that tragic. It's very slight, but I, that. And how about you, Paul? What's your tragic maker for this movie? Well, because I didn't like the cussing. I really didn't like the girl, little girl cussing. I mean, that's just unnecessary. <laughs> but that's that is funny. <laughs> you found it. I have yet to find that funny. Really. Yeah. Well, it's I, because I that's only funny. I, I think it's supposed to be funny, and I find it offensive. I think so. it's funny to me because of his reaction after, like, oh crap, she's actually doing exactly yeah, what I do. Get back oh, here, yeah, get girl. back here. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're not laughing at her. You're laughing at his reaction. Hmm. No, Are because I like laugh when she setup? does it. Yeah, I, I like the whole thing. All right. Well, I didn't. So that's, that's fine. fine. You can find it distasteful, but so that's your tragic maker. Okay. Yeah. Right. I couldn't find anything I liked. I hated worse than that. Mm. So those were all the things we didn't like about this movie, Rush Hour. Uh, now, before we get to our final rating, we wanted to promote uh, something going on for Brother Nate. He is going on October 14th. Uh, he'll be appearing on Post Wrestling's After Show for Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory pay-per-view alongside John Pollock. So definitely check that out. I'm, I'm kind of lame, uh, Brother Nate. How do you get pay-per-view? <laughs> do you just buy through your <laughs> through your cable? or? Yeah, you can get it through your cable provider, and nowadays a lot of the companies will stream it online. You just oh, okay. pay for it uh, online. So, yeah, we'll be doing that uh, Hopefully uh, it'll be a good show, but uh, whether it's good or bad, I'll be there to give my opinion on it. Well, that's so awesome. Very cool. Awesome, awesome. And hopefully uh, you guys can go and check that out on October 14th. Now that we've entered all our firing trajectories into the Target computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for Rush Hour? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. Okay, guys, do we rate Rush Hour a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this movie, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's only it's a movie only worth your time if you have fond memories of it. If you haven't seen it, probably not worth your time. Or a tragic, whether or not you've seen it before, probably leave this movie 
back in 1998. Don't revisit it again today. Uh, let's start with our guest, Brother Nate. How do you rate Rush Hour? Ooh, I am, I am somewhere in between nostalgic and classic. Okay. Oh, and I'm on the fence. Yeah, it took me until this this very moment to hear the discussion and you know us talking about this motion picture. Sure. And I think I'm going to lean towards just barely, just Jackie Chan by the skin of his teeth <laughs> missing those crates. This is a classic for me. Classic. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I think that the, the combination between Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker is great. Mm-hmm. The action's great. Uh, the story's a little flimsy. Yeah. But I think the charm of the two leads make up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if you know, I think if you're 30 and above, You'll have fond memories of this, 30 and below. It's good to see just to kind of get a picture of who Jackie Chan is. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Paul's right. He's not doing stunts like he used to just because time is undefeated mm-hmm. and, you know, he's getting older. <laughs> yeah. But this is kind of peak Jackie Chan. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good entryway if somebody hadn't seen a lot of his movies and wants to see what he's all about. Totally. True. Awesome. All right. Well, Paul, what say you? I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie again so i it's a classic for me mm-hmm. and i would recommend it if you haven't seen it uh go out and watch it definitely cool now for me i'm i have kind of a dilemma because uh we me and my wife chrissy were wa- started watching it last night it's about eight o'clock at night started watching this oh, did you fall asleep yeah i was falling asleep <laughs> toward the end however in my defense i had been up since two in the morning the same day working. So I think I'm, I can't hold that against it being up that early and going for that long. So what you did see. So what I did see, and I also rewatched it, the part, the last chunk, the last third I missed uh, pretty consistently because they kept nine off. I rewatched that again today. And I was just like, oh, man, this is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this so much, and I I enjoyed it w- when I was awake. When we started, I was enjoying it. So yeah, this this movie is definitely a classic. It's very enjoyable, imminently quotable. I I think this is such a great movie to quote. I I think it definitely belongs in the camp of don't watch it too much because it can get old. I wonder if that's one of the yeah. reasons, Paul, you haven't had a desire to see it in a while. Probably because we watched it several times in college. Oh yeah, it was yeah, you one and of those I. movies we had in the background. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so okay. Wow. It's been a while, but with that, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Rush Hour a unanimous classic movie. Whether or not you've seen it before, go and check this one out. Well, that was a very enjoyable discussion. That is, uh, it's cool to hear that we ended up with classic, but it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. Alice. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. All right, so no feedback this time, but as far as announcements go, we have a couple. Uh, First off, I want to let you know that I'm going to be participating in Extra Life again this year. And Extra Life, if you don't know, is a uh, charity uh, event centered around uh, video gamers. And a lot of people do uh, like a 24-hour live stream to bring awareness and raise money for Children's Area Network Hospitals. And it's essentially... What that means is raising money for kids that are in the hospital that can't pay for their hospital stay. And usually they have pretty critical uh, life issue or critical sicknesses and uh, or injuries that this really goes to help them uh, pay for. So I'm going to be raising money for that. If you're interested in helping partner with me to fundraise for that, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Extra Life. And what I'm going to be doing to draw attention to that is streaming every day or every weekday, every work weekday, Monday through Friday. I should have just said that. October 22nd through the 26th from 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, our Modern Monday streams, streams to Pause and God. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing some pixel art. going to be streaming uh, probably by that time uh, SNES Quest Castlevania. Uh, for Whoa, you're going to finish Zelda before then? Uh, possibly. We'll see. What? And uh, and we're going to cap it off with a podcast that if you don't 
listen live, you I don't know when you'll hear it because it's going to be for a certain uh, – it's going to be for a comic book movie. I'll say that. But it's going to be a backup episode Paul and I will use down the road sometime. Uh, so tune in live uh, at twitch.tv slash RetroRewindPod if you'd like early early access to that, essentially. So you can catch a rerun later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> Wow, Paul. Uh, and <laughs> the other announcement we have is we are going to do one more patrons pick episode this year. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do all four, but this will be the third one. Uh, we had a Galaxy Quest, which Deb Powers uh, requested. We had 2001 A Space Odyssey, which Jared Holzhauer requested. So that leaves just a couple more patrons that uh, can potentially get to pick the next one. And so we're going to roll the dice here and see who gets to be the patron pick. And so this is essentially, if you're a patron at the $10 level, you get to personally pick a movie we get to cover. And we ideally do this four times a year, but this time only three. And the winner this time is LJ Lowry. So uh, thanks to the magic of editing, uh, this is the movie that we are going to be covering for LJ. Dick Tracy. So looking forward to that movie uh, that LJ picked. It should be a good one. I heard Big Boy did it. What? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) You'll see later. Oh, okay. We'll see here, Flatfoot. Yeah. Guys, you're breaking the fourth wall on me. (laughs) So congratulations, LJ. And uh, Andy and Deb and Jared uh, and LJ, you'll have uh, new chances Ideally, all four of you will get to get get to have a chance next year in 2019. Uh, okay, with that, we would like to ask all of you, whether you're a patron or not, to vote on the movies we cover at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote. Buy our t-shirts at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash store. Get bonus content and more by supporting us on Patreon at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support. And contact us at RetroRewindPodcast.com. You guessed it. Contact. How, can, how else can people reach us, Paul, and you specifically? You can talk to us on social media. We are Retro Rewind Pod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And you can also watch us record these very podcasts, as well as live streams of video games and pixel art illustration. I can read text on... <laughs> I, I, I think I can. And uh, you can follow us at twitch.tv slash Retro Rewind Pod to catch us as we live stream. But if you want to find me specifically, I am Paul J powers. You can go to pauljpowers.com where I have all my social media links, or you can just listen to the next episode. When we cover the movie iron giant. Ooh. And we actually have a special announcement for the, be sure to listen to iron giant, especially if you don't listen to every episode, because we'll be having something special associated with that. Uh, but uh, Paul mentioned, how we are uh, on Twitch, and we're actually affiliated with Twitch, which means you can help support the show if, let's say, you don't want to be a patron, but you still would like to support the show in some way. Well, if you have an Amazon Prime membership, then you can actually support us for free. can kick us a couple bucks our way by becoming uh, a subscriber on our Twitch channel. And we'd like to thank our current subscribers, Paul J. Powers, Rodius1986, uh, Christian Geek Central, Doc Holiday 364 Napod, Dale seven one one two nine Mad Cowan Chris Nitz. So I really we really appreciate all you who subscribe to us on Twitch, and I also really really appreciate you, Paul. Thank you for being the EXO co-host on this sometimes wacky, sometimes very very serious. Yeah, we're we're definitely serious sometimes, right? Yeah, <laughs> don't sound so sure, but no, I appreciate. I do. I appreciate you being helping me do the show. And uh, thank you for being my co-host and my best friend. So, mm-hmm. uh, I also appreciate getting to do the show with Brother Nate again. Woo-hoo! So glad you're here, Brother Nate. Thanks for being on the show. Can you please tell us where people can contact you and anything else you'd like to promote? Uh, thank you for uh, having me back on, brothers. It's, it's always fun. I think uh, you fall into my trap because both of the movies that we've done so far have sequels. So uh, <laughs> unless you guys do me like uh, Marvel did to Terrence Howard. Uh, oh, no. uh, I'll just say <laughs> next time, baby. 
<laughs> you know, I Don? actually I prefer Don, Terrence Howard. So oh, yeah, Don I did too. Yeah. yeah, I did too. Like I love Don Cheadle, but I think oh, Terrence yeah. Howard fit that character better. Totally. Oh, way better. Yes, it's oh. been great to have you on, brother Nate. Yes, it definitely has. Thank you so much for coming back. And did <laughs> was there anything you promoted? Kings of Sport. Uh, oh, yeah. Kings of Sport. You can check me out every week. Uh, we've been doing it for uh, going on six years now. <laughs> Myself wow. and Marcus Vandenberg from Yahoo Sports. You can find that on online. Uh, thekingsofsport.com. We're on, you know, wherever podcasts are found, you'll find us. And uh, you can find me on social media at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, at Nate Mosaic. Yeah, that's okay. how Twitter handles are read. <laughs> at Nate Mosaic <laughs> on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there if you want to uh, have further discussions about uh, how sweet uh, Jackie Chan looked in those threads. Awesome. And I do want to say, I, I appreciate you brother Nate even more for dressing the part. Rarely do we have, I don't think we've ever had someone who actually dresses up in costume for, for uh, the podcast episode. So if you're watching live, you got uh, to be treated by, by that. Most of all though, I'm, a, I'm a, as much as I love uh, Paul and brother Nate, I am most thankful for you. Yes, you listening right now, this very second, especially because you got to the end of the episode. Because not everyone, I'm sure, does that. But you did. Good job. Good on you. And appreciate you being, well, where you are. You're not here, but appreciate us. Appreciate you having us with you wherever you are. So thank you so much, uh, whether or not this is your first time listening or you're part of our Rad Rewinder community. We, thanks for, again for spending time with us, and we pray that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. I am and continue to be Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at FXRUIZX, and you can hire me to do pixel art illustration for you via Fiverr at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Fiverr. Finally, we are proud to be a part of the Retro Junkies Network at TheRetroJunkies.com and Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. You can catch us at either of those. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. It's not you all. It's y'all. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. <laughs> yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. Fifty million dollars. Who you think is on this show? Chelsea Grandma. Fifty million dollars. Who you think's on this show? Chelsea Grandma. Kelsey. Let's get in. Let's. Okay. So that's the line. Do you think you could do better, brother? <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> Chelsea Grammar, Kelsey Grammar. No, say Chelsea Grammar. That's what yeah, I think. Yeah, from that, from that outtake. Perfect. That is perfect. I was like blown away by that. I'm stunned. I just like, what do I do now? That's perfect. So I'll I'll edit that in. But okay, uh, let's get. Oh, I'm. I... Oh, I understand the words coming out of your mouth. That's a, that's my line. Yeah. All right. How am I like, oh, I understand the words. Or do you want me to say like, oh, I understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. I'm, how, I'd be how, fine with either of those. All right. Cut, copy, paste. <laughs> <laughs> do the first one. Do the first one again. I don't remember how that... Oh, you understand the words coming out of my mouth? That one? Yes, that one. All right. I like the second one better, but okay. <laughs> Do that one. Whatever. Oh. Oh, glad you speak American, XO. Who is rewinding with us for Rush Hour? Do we have a whole thing on that last episode about speak, uh, being American? Kind now you're saying like speaking it. American? Or do you want to keep that? Okay, 2001. It, oh, no, no, yes, yes. Now I know. Sorry, I remember now. But that's the line from the movie. All right. Mr. Rice-A-Roni doesn't even speak American. All right. So well, that's why'd not... you call me that? Well, I guess it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even from San Francisco. Okay, so. No, but I've been to Asia. <laughs> the, the choreography you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You cut out there a little bit, so I just want to make sure you were still on the same crack. Okay, cool.
Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? <laughs> Not when you go silent. Sorry. <laughs> Strangers and aliens. See, this is a controversial pot. Oh, dang it, I messed it up. <laughs> it, uh, by, you were so believable. I sold it. I sold my heart out there. I don't um, care about aliens. I don't care about the podcast. All I care about is this girl. <laughs> Let me try that again. Are you uh, going, Paul? Is that what you're doing? Am I going? Taking the reins. That's fine. Go ahead. With your dislike? Yeah, you asked. No, I, I did. I hadn't said it. I hadn't said anything yet. All right. Fine. Never mind. I'm going to edit this out. You continue on. This, this part doesn't need to... Make the live day. Well, how do I pick up? Just, I don't even know what I was saying. I don't know. You said something you didn't like. I thought you were going into one. You're just like I was. I okay, was. then do I it. Thought, all right. Funny thing about that song. I always listening to Mariah Carey. I always thought she was saying, "I get kind of happy inside." But when watching this movie, she the little girl doesn't say happy. It's. And this time I put on subtitles and she's saying hectic. And so it was through this movie that I found out the right lyrics to the song. (laughs) (laughs) 20 year old cold case solved. uh, For the Bound for Glory pay per view. For the Bound for Glory. Oh, okay, thank you. I didn't know what PVV was. I mean, yeah, of course, pay per view. I, I knew after, that. After we bonded on all that wrestling talk uh, on the Spider Man episode, <laughs> bone saws ready. Now, what do I do? Oh yeah, <laughs> our current subscribers ran away. <laughs> <laughs> They're now subscribing to Retro Rewind instead of the Retro Rewind Pod. Are we gonna have that discussion now, Paul? No. <laughs> Again, for the fifth time, I'd like to thank our sub- current subscri- Twitch subscriber. <laughs> Take three. And I know there's one more, but they're not on the list because I need to remind them to resubscribe. Um, one, two, oh, three, goody, four, you missed five, one. Six, now you seven, lose. Eight. Oh, wait, there's two. Who are they? Oh, two people. <laughs> they fell off the list. They're dropping like flies, like the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Because well, I have to remind them. Augustus fell through the t- and went up the pipe. <laughs> Violet turned into a blueberry. That's two down. Oh, this is excellent podcast drama right oh, here. Folks. Yes, this is the best. This is what people come come to this show for. We're Echo, gonna win the wedding for sure. <laughs> They didn't subscribe. They don't get called out, right? Well, but I didn't send the reminder to them, so... Well, not everybody needs a babysitter, especially <laughs> if you want to be called out on the episode. You snooze, you lose. <laughs> I remember one of them, so... Let me well, just maybe they decided the to support somebody else. I suppose that's possible, and if that if it continues, then... <laughs> yeah, we lost a couple Oopa Loopas <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I guess. Any way of knowing which way <laughs> going. <laughs> Especially this episode. <laughs> you lose, sir. Good day. Okay, okay. Then we'll just go with that. Um, All right. Um, I said good day. <laughs> but like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all later. That Almost. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.